this week's episode, we chat with Bart Falkins, the heart manager at the Imzunkulu Valtrahard. The Imzunkulu Valtrahard, situated eight kilometers outside of Underberg in the southern Drakensberg, opened to the public on the 19th of February 2024. The heart forms part of Wildlife Act's Southern Drakensberg Conservation Project and was built to support endangered vulture conservation through a vulture-safe feeding zone. In this episode, we hear all about the vultures, the hard, birdle, and some of Bart's birding stories. If you want to see the hard and read about our experience in it, check out the blog section on our website. We have a write-up and photos of the hard. We'll pop a link in the notes to the show. Last week, we chatted about the Roberts Bird Guide, Greater Kruger National Park Field Guide. The good news is that it's now available in our online shop. Order it and be one of the first people to get your hands on this fantastic guide to Kruger. My name is Adam, and I'm the host of this proudly South African birding podcast. This birding podcast is your number one source of news about birds, birders, destinations, conservation, gear, books, and anything that we think birders would want to hear about. Bring new life to your garden with Westerman's Wild Bird Seed a delicious seed mix attracting a variety of wild birds to your garden. Find it at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westermans for the love of birds. So let's hear all about the Imzunkuru Vulturehide with our special guest, Bart Fawkins. So I'm sitting here in the Imzunkuru Vulturehide with Bart Fawkins. I'm really excited, a new Vulturehide that's opened in just near Underberg. So, Bart, welcome back to the Bird Life Podcast. Hey, good morning, I'm Adam. Thanks for having me again. So, last time we did this online, good to do it in person for a change. Yeah, great to see you here and you're showing an interest in this new project of ours. Yeah, so if you have a little bit of echo, if people hear a bit of echo, it's not, we're not in a sound-treated um, room. We are sitting in the hide. So, maybe as we're talking, we might get some vultures coming in and some birds. We'll tell you what we see. If we see stuff in front of us, give you a taste of what this place is all about. So yeah, Bart, last time I saw you, you were on the beach. Um, you're up in the mountains now. You're on the beach on, on when was Sunday, Sunday, Sunday afternoon? Sunday afternoon, we nipped down to go see your elegant turn. Yeah, it's quite cool. Got the, you got there about, I remember we were at one beach and then got a message. You were about to go to the other beach. We were going to send you to the other beach to go have a look. And ended up, you arrived at, uh, ended up at Toti Main. I think you literally got there almost as it arrived. So it was really cool that we managed to get onto that. Yeah, we did. We were very chuffed that we could get, get the bird. It was, and the sun was setting already. So no decent picks, but, um, yeah, it's great to be able to catch up with that, to that turn and you guys on the beach. Yeah, the second confirmed recording. And we were just chatting a little bit with uh, Heather was here earlier. And we just were chatting a little bit about the, that other finding, the Christmas Island frigate bird. I mean, come on. I mean, that's my local pentad and somebody else sees a Christmas Island frigate bird. I, 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 I can't believe it. <laughs> I think that was straight after Flock to Marion that that happened. And I remember nipping down to Toti to go have a look to search for that. It was quite exciting too. So we're getting familiar. Heather and I are becoming familiar with the beaches down there and how to access them. I will hope you bring you down a lot more. So we are sitting here at the Mzunkulu Hard. Um, like I said, it's a new project. So I think before we even talk about the hard, I think one thing I love about where this hard is is the birding as a whole around the Underberg area. You know, before we even talk about the birding that there is at the hard here, you know, tell us if you're a local here. What is? What, tell us about the birding around the. Underberg area. Why should people come and visit? Because you, the reason I say this is, I think 
when people come out here, instead of just coming and visiting the heart for three, four hours, which is a fantastic thing to do, you know, come for a weekend because there are so many fantastic birds here. So tell us about the birding in the Underberg area. Well, we've got big birds here which are of special interest. We've got the three cranes, wattled, blue, and crowned. So, so for a start. And um, just this morning we heard the crowned crane flying past. Um, we regularly hear the blue crane flying over. And the wattled crane hangs out at a few dams in the area. So those are some, some of the three birds here. But when we arrived here this morning, we had a denim's busted. You know, that was great to see. Um, I haven't seen one on site here at the vulture hide before. So that was good. And then there's the Drakensberg specials. We've got the bearded vulture and then the high altitude birds like the siskin, the rock jumper, the, uh, we've got uh, sickle wing chat and the sentinel rock thrush and those like that. But there are also the lowland birds. We've got um, some pipits, short-tailed pipits in the area, um, yellow-breasted pipits, which make for interesting um, birding in the area. Yeah, I know. We just before we came here, I got the yellow crowned bishop, which is a fantastic little bumblebee bird. Such a cool bird. Um, it's one of my favorite places to bird. I know you, you live in an interesting place. For those who don't know, might not have listened to your last episode, you live literally overlooking where Splashy Fen, the, the world-famous Splashy Fen musical, music festival happens. And we were, remember in December, we were walking around there and we had red-chested fluff-tail calling. It was really cool. Yeah, it's, it is very special. And just recently, we had striped fluff-tail calling on that same little walk along that road. We went to the pool where we heard the um, red-chested. So it's getting very exciting. We've had Red Wing Franklin come into the garden recently after playing Birdle. It was a Cape Franklin and then next thing, the Red Wing Franklin responded, and we did some playbacks, and it came into the garden. Yeah, I was actually, I actually should have sent you the article. We actually wrote about you in one of our articles, because I remember sitting on the stoop with you, having a cup of coffee, and you were telling, us about, telling me about how you and Heather play Birdle, like, religiously every day. And then I was at cricket with a, a, a 13-year-old um, teenager, and I showed him Birdle a couple of times, and in the middle of the break, he's like, no, 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 no. Okay, enough cricket. Let's do the birdle for the day. And it's amazing how the this birdle challenge has really like crossed over age groups. That I mean, you're a little bit more mature. We won't give you age. A little bit more mature. You've got a 13 year old youngster, and it's it's an amazing game. There's so many people where it's, it's almost become a daily ritual. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna take part in, in birdle. It's fantastic. And I mean, I I, I was interested. I just was telling. Um, Andy, one of the guys uh, from Birdoff, um, and Andy Wissong from Birdoff, South Africa, just saying to me, you know, one of the bird calls I learned that was an ostrich. I mean, who the heck knows an ostrich calls? <laughs> I know. It's exciting as well to play birdle in that there are calls that you never imagined birds could make, especially the raptors. They're very deceptive in that. And so we, every day we learn something new, which is quite interesting. And what's your? Re- I know you had it. You were on. You were tra- going for a streak. What is your streak like now? And I'm not talking about streaking in the pool or anything. I'm talking about your birdle streak. Yeah, we uh, in October we were trying to get to 100 birds with about 115 attempts, um, and this is first attempts. And we dipped out by one day. One day, unfortunately, we got to 99 by the end of November. Um, first attempts, but otherwise we have a 100 percent hit rate. There are some clues um, if you go tap on the information button, and that's the way we kind of nail them every time now. So, very exciting. Well, it's a fantastic challenge. But we're up here at the hide, and like I said, live we can see uh, some carcasses in front of us, and we're hoping some vultures are going to come flying in. 
Um, really has some really cool birds, like you said, um, denim's busted, fantastic bird, really just as we arrived. But let's just chat about the hide. I know it's opening on, if I get if I get this date, Monday the 19th, it's opening, the official opening. Tell us about this hide. Uh, it's, it's really exciting. A vulture restaurant, there's food in front, there's a, we're sitting in a, a really hard, comfortable chairs. Tell us about this project. What was the thought behind it? Right. The hide was initiated by Wildlife Act, which is um, an NGO, it's a conservation organization, and they monitor threatened species. That's their main thrust. So up in the Zululand areas, they, with um, collars and camera traps, they monitor threatened species like cheetah, leopard, lion, wild dog, and rhinos. Up in the berg here, and as well as vultures, of course, there are vultures, some with um, GPS trackers and others with um, just tags. But um, up in the berg here, it's mainly focused on the vulture populations here, which are threatened for various reasons, um, including poisoning. Poisoning happens because some farmers want to get rid of the jackal, um, and then the Vultures come feed on the poison carcasses, and then we have a massive kill at times. It's not only here in the Berg, it's throughout the country. Another big threat, of course, is the power lines. So this vulture restaurant is established, and it is known as a safe feeding site. So there are no power lines in the takeoff zones or the landing zones of this area. It's the vulture restaurant has been around for a number of years already, but the hide is new. Um, it was Chris Kelly's um, vision to maybe share this vulture restaurant and the amazing birding experiences one can get from this hide because it is just out of this world. I've had some bird guides come in here and say, wow, they've never experienced vultures this close and that many. We have up to 200 vultures that can be waddling around and f- squabbling at the carcass and then um, with the full crops, they go and um, wash their feathers. It's really, really big fun. And watch. it's exciting to see this all, the action happening in front of you. And just a few meters away from your times. And then obviously not only vultures, there's other birds. I mean, we spoke about the den- denim is busted. What are some other species, like I'm talking about, actually here? Because well, for birders who come out, I mean, they might have said, they might have, I've seen lots of vultures. What are some other birds that you can get from the hide here? Well, looking at you and past your microphone... I've just seen another house martin fly by. So that was, that was nice. Declan saw a few earlier on too. But the little chappy with the white rump, he flew by. Flew by. And then other birds we have are the Cape Longclaw. They've, they're quite vocal. And a bird that drives me nuts with its call is the wing-snapping cysticler. It just goes on and on. All day long it goes on, it goes on. But I know that's... And then what's nice here too is um, it's very difficult to see them, but the quail finch are common here. And they fly over calling regularly. I hear them more often than what I see them. On the approaches driving in, we've got some ant-eating chats. And every now and then I flush a common quail. I'm hoping to find flush a rallid of sorts, I hope. Sometime, yeah, it's it's really exciting to see the various species that uh, do come past here. And I know when we just got here, there was uh, got jackal buzzard, uh, Warburg's eagle came flew flew over. So a lot of lot of different species. I mean, and 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 you know this type of habitat is always 
fantastic in terms of for raptors, lends itself to raptors. Yeah, but it's not only the raptors. I think our most common bird and the first ones to arrive at the carcasses are the sacred ibis. And they come in, in numbers. In another country down under, I think they refer to them as bin chickens. And I like to do that here too. You've got the yellow-billed kites on the carcasses and then the white-necked ravens. We have had a, a number of pied crows come in and I was quite surprised or taken aback that when I left the hide, there were some pied crows that came overhead and they went berserk telling the vultures that there was a human walking down a path and all 40 vultures odd. They all took off because these pied crows were raising the alarm. So, Bart, you spoke earlier about the threats that that vultures are facing, and um, you know, it's, it's an, I think we've had com- we've had an episode before speaking about vultures and the threats they are facing. People are going to obviously going to pay to come into you, and we're going to we'll talk about the what the facilities you offer, and we'll talk about how much they pay to come in here, which is very very affordable. You know, what what is involved in running this? I mean, when we got you earlier, you were cutting the grass in the front and all this kind of thing. You know. You know, we arrive here, the windows are clean and that kind of, we'll talk about the glass in a moment. What is involved in running a venue like this? Number one, we need carcasses. Underberg is a dairy and beef area and farmers lose cattle um, to disease and to old age and also to lightning strikes in the summer months. And so, number one, we need a safe food source. And unfortunately... About 20 years ago, just more than 20 years ago, we as humans didn't realize the negative effect of anti-inflammatories on vultures. India was losing vultures. The population crashed down to less than, it crashed by more than 95%, I believe. And scientists went in to investigate and they found out it was diclofenac, an anti-inflammatory used in livestock and that was killing the vultures off and so now the local vets are on board with us and they don't apply those drugs to these um to the sickly animals anymore so antibiotics yes they are given to to the to the livestock but they are not an immediate threat if we can rest a carcass for around 24 hours that would be fine for that then, so number one is carcasses. We need, we have a trailer, a Wildlife Act has a trailer with a winch, and it's a two-man operation really to help um, winch um, an adult cow onto the trailer, and then we come up here and we offload it with the help of a chain on a fixed anchor point, and we drive off of the trailer, the carcass drops off, and then we have to open up that carcass. We have to use a sharp knife and open up the skin so that the birds can access the ribs and the meat. And then beyond that, we, as I said, we have a buy-in. Well, this vulture restaurant has been around for a number of years. But the farmer, Spurge Flemington, has said, has been all for it, and he's encouraging us, and he's been behind the setup of the hide so that we can um, invite tourists in here and share this vulture experience with many, many people. As always, the Birding Life is proud to be associated with Sarovsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes. 
as well as the Bird Lasso bird logging app. Spot, plot, play a part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. One of the ways that you can help us to keep putting out the content that we are releasing is by supporting our online shop. We sell optics, books, Westerman's products, and a whole lot more. Check out the shop on our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. If you need any help with any of the products, please don't hesitate to email us on info at thebirdinglife.com. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, for for a lot of people, I mean, especially non-birders, they might have never ever encountered a vulture up close. Um, Maybe if they've gone to the bird park or something, but for a lot of people, they've never seen a, a vulture up close. And if there's no connection to that bird, if there's no intimate connection, it's almost like they don't, there's no reason to conserve that species. And we were talking about earlier that there are, you know, you were saying just from here, driving home for yourself, there's two other vulture restaurants. Um, this one here, obviously the heart has been built. And, you know, we were just talking before, I know kids on under six aren't allowed here, but maybe for families to bring their kids here and to actually see this kind of thing here, to actually come close to these these species. And I think what's great about this, it's allowing people who, who may never get close to these to actually see a vulture up close and to see what makes these birds. I mean, I'm looking at some of the photos. They, they I mean, they, they don't always, a lot of people think they're ugly, but they're actually beautiful species. And just to just to see these birds up close. And I think this is what this allows. It actually gives people the opportunity to get up close with a bird that they might often only see like flying high in the sky. Yeah. Vultures play an essential role in the ecosystem. They're the cleanup birds. So like the garbage trucks um, in the cities and that, that go around. I know they don't always work, but um, that's the garbage trucks. But in the country... We need vultures to clean up these carcasses because animals die, they get killed, and previously there used to be carnivores. So with very few large carnivores now, we can supply these big birds with um, big carcasses, big bones, um, so that we can um, fulfill the needs of the, um, of the ecosystem too. The vulture needs to um, clean up these rotting carcasses, full of maggots at times if they've been out for four, four days. The maggots um, infest these carcasses. The vultures come in and clean up beautifully. There are other birds that come in too. The sacred ibis, the pied starlings come in and nibble a few maggots too, of course. Now, the one thing I thought about, you know, that's, you know, you talk about how it cleans up the system. You know, if we were to take them out, you know, if they were removed from the system, would it have any kind of impact on us as humans? Yeah, it, I think it would. The food web is complete without humans' interference. And so if we had to lose that, we would end up with a lot of rotting carcasses around because the jackals will only eat so much. But if these aerial raptors, these clean-up birds of the environment, the vultures, if they had to disappear, there's a very big possibility that disease could spread quite easily. So let's talk about the facilities. I was absolutely blown away, especially when I saw the pictures on Facebook. We'll put links to the Facebook group on uh, you know in the in the show notes. But let's talk about the facilities. You know, we drove in um it's you know you're on a farm when you've got to have someone with you to open the farm gates. So we came through I think three farm gates or two, two on the way in. So tell us about the facilities. This is an opportunity to brag about 
the facilities that you guys have got here? We have photo quality glass to shoot through. It is just amazing with no distortion. Look, the Hyde seats about six people comfortably. Ideally, not more than three photographers because photographers are a bit greedy sometimes and they want to get that best shot. And three people in the, in the front along the windows would be, I think, more than enough, give them in more than enough room to move around a bit. If you do want to have it exclusively to yourself, you'd have to pay a premium price then and so with no one else around. So we have three office chairs up front for the um, people sitting up front, and then we've got a few bar stools set further back. The lower glass um, is the photo quality glass. It is all one-way glass. It's reflective, so the birds cannot see in. And the upper glass is tinted a bit more. It's also reflective, but it's also just to keep a little darker inside because it does get quite warm inside here. Just this week, we installed a curtain in the doorway so that the light in the mornings doesn't um, penetrate through and the vultures could see that, actually. Then we have where we park the cars. We've got a little toilet area. And in, soon, we hope to have a little picnic site set up there with a, a table and, and a little gazebo, perhaps. Yeah, what's nice about this glass is, um, like you're, sp- you're speaking about, that they can't see in. I mean, I've got, a, got the my Canon taking photos through it. And it's absolutely amazing. There's a sacred arbus flying through the, the front there. Beautiful, beautiful bird. Might come in. But yeah, what's nice about it is, like you were saying, the birds can't see in, but you're able to get photos where you don't, you don't notice the glass is there. And it's actually, it's, it's really a fantastic experience. You know, you, you, you're close up with these species and you're speaking about the fact that they like fly right in close and they can't see you. I mean, the, th- the thing that I like about you, let me just say as quickly, what I like about this, there's other hides. I mean, every time you move, everything just flushes. I mean, the nice thing here is, I mean, obviously you were talking earlier about just being, being calm when the birds come in and that type of thing. But, you know, they don't see you as much. It gives you a little bit more flexibility behind the scenes, which is really great about this glass. Yeah, this glass is fantastic. It does give one, look, it does cut out the sound. That is a drawback. So you can't hear the vultures squabbling. We are thinking of putting a little um, microphone outside and a speaker inside, so we can hear that. But um, with this new curtain we've put in, we are able to sit here in the sauna. It does get warm in here. We can't have fans whirring all the time um, because that could scare the birds as well. We have the door open and the curtain is closed. But... um, it's just phenomenal how close these birds do come. They, Adam, I want to point out to you just below us here. So that's about two meters away. I've had birds down there looking up to see what was inside the hide because they could hear noises. I was inside with the camera moving my chair around a bit, and they were inquisitive, but they couldn't see in. And they were like just nearly touching distance away from me. Quite amazing. Yeah, we had a sparrow when we were here, just sitting on the top here, looking at us while we were, I mean, literally on the other side of the glass, we probably could have just like almost straight to the other side. And they don't, don't see you. It's actually amazing. And I think the other thing for photographers, you spoke about this, you know, when, you, when I first heard about, you know, you often, you have an impression in your mind. But when I saw the photos, I was very impressed. It's not just you spoke about the glass and all this. I mean, you've got plug points in here, so you can charge your phone, charge your cameras if you're in here. 
have a laptop with you if you want. What I was quite impressed with, I don't know all the networks, but we had cell phone signal. So it's really, you know, in terms of photography, for photographers to come out, everything that a photographer would need is here. And I think, you know, you know, obviously all they maybe bring cool rings down along for themselves, but other than that, everything you need is here. And I think, you know, in terms of I mean there's places there's, there's places we know where you pay a lot more for what, what this hide offers. Yeah, I know the photographers spend a lot of money on the equipment, but then also travelling to get the the best shots. And this is definitely a morning hide because it faces northwest. So let's just be upfront about that. In the afternoons Look, when, in the summer months, one can get side lighting on the, on the carcasses at what we call the mass feeding site. But in the afternoons, otherwise, facing west, northwest, the birds will be backlit, so not ideal. So we would then look perhaps at inviting small school groups for afternoon visits, you know, because they aren't photographers, they'd like to see the birds if they are here, and we can maybe capitalize on that getting some school groups through here. Just perhaps eight children and a guide, myself or someone else inside here, just explaining what happens at a vulture hide. So we've spoken about, um, you know, what is involved in running the hide. We've spoken about the, the costs, and the, we haven't spoken much about the cost, but I mean, there's costs involved in all this. I mean, there's people who work here. Um, what's interesting about this, let me just touch on this before I get to the next thing. I was interested the, that you guys actually have have camera traps and you're telling me about the camera traps at different places i think it's really i know not not obviously accessible by the public but it's interesting the camera traps the role that those play in terms of conserving these species tell us about the camera traps and how those are monitored because i think that's very interesting also right the camera traps traps have two roles really one is for the security there goes a yellow-billed kite Soaring in the breeze, twisting and turning. Love it, love it. Look at him coming to land. Wow, beautiful. The camera traps have two roles, really. One is for security. If we, and we monitor these camera traps regularly, twice a day, and we also have a live cam, which is only accessible to our staff at the moment, um, to see what's going on here on site. And so if there is an intruder... Who comes to maybe steal carcasses or perhaps wants to poison a carcass? We could detect this and make, take action straight away. We also, the camera traps also record what visits our hide, uh, the restaurants. But other camera traps that Wildlife Act has are set up in the Berg, in the, in the Drakensberg Park. And, um, to detect, to see what's going on there. Because if you don't monitor, you can't manage. That's very important. That's a quote from Sylvia Earle. Um, she said, if you don't monitor, you can't manage. You have to know what's going on on the ground. Otherwise, you're just uh, messing around and not doing things efficiently. So for people that want to book to come here, and what is the costs, and how do they go about booking to come and spend some time here? Right. The cost is 300 rand a person. That gives you up to about four hours, because we can't guarantee vultures. We've been sitting here since 10 o'clock this morning, and we've seen a few vultures fly by. The yellow-billed kite has just landed, a few sacred ibis, but... Not, there are no vultures that have landed. And one has to be patient. They might come in at 4 o'clock, maybe not at all. So 300 rand, we do 
put out a carcass if we have a booking. We have some frozen legs in a deep freeze. We could put one out if we have a booking for the vulture hide. So we put that out in the morning at about first light, and then hopefully a, a vulture turns up for that. Um, hopefully more, of course. For an exclusive bu- booking, it's 1,500 rand. So 300 rand a person, up to six people in the hide. I would recommend not more than three photographers, as I said earlier. 1,500 bucks gets you the hide for the day. And so you can bring your family in. We do limit it. We don't want to have children six and under at the moment because they could make unnecessary noise and scare the birds off. So that's just a rule. Children six, 7 to 16 are 150 rand each. So those, those are our rates. And then how do people go around booking if they want to come? Right. So the booking um, is done through an, via email mostly, vulture at wildlifeact.com. Vulture at wildlifeact.com. No, that's perfect. What I'll do, I'll pop the email address in the notes of the show. Um, if you uh, still need it, you can even just drop us an email on info at the burnoff.com and we'll forward you that information. But Bart, it's been fantastic to chat to you. Um, we're still hoping for some vultures, but it's been good to chat to you. We had some coffee earlier. Um, Declan's been behind us watching for some species, but it's fantastic. And I encourage people to come visit. I think people will be very surprised with the facilities that they are here 300 rand a person for the facilities here is absolutely nothing. So, Bart, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to episode number three with you. Great. It's been a pleasure chatting, and I'm so chuffed that you've made the time and effort to come up to um, the Imzum Kulu Vulture Hide. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's show. We really appreciate your support. If you have any comments or feedback on any of the episodes, feel free to drop us an email on info at com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms. We would love to get to know you better. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.